Psalms 105, say amen when you have it. Verses 11, and we're going to read a few verses tonight. The Bible says, I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. He said this when they were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another, yet did not let anyone oppress. He did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf. Don't touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. He called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck on an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested, someone say tested, Joseph's character. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your for, for, for the beautiful presence that's felt in this place. I ask that you would go before me, that you would level every mountain, allow me to decrease, that you may increase. I pray that tonight somebody would find their word, God, that they would find you in the midst of the chaos or whatever it is that they're going through. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for encouragement and confirmation. Father, we thank you for your word being living and active. I ask, God, that you would move now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Men. And um, tonight I want to simply speak to you on the principle of living a life of godly character. And I, I, I'm excited um, to be here because, you know, over the years, I, I've been serving God now going on 16 years. And over the last 16 years, I've learned a lot of lessons in my walk with God. I've learned that walking with God is not going to be easy. As a matter of fact, I've learned that with this walk, it's a journey. And that when you choose to follow God, he will take you on a journey. Sometimes you're, you don't know where you're headed. Sometimes you'll be dead center of a trial and you're not sure how you're going to get out. But I've learned that there are many seasons when walking with God. I've learned that there'll be times of joy, times of sadness. There will be times of want, seasons of blessing. There will be times of courage and periods of discouragement. And I've learned that there's times of preparation and that there will also be times of testing. And in order to fulfill the call of God upon our lives, we have to be people that submit to the process of God. We have to allow God to come into our hearts, into our lives, and do a work deep down inside. Because God wants to work with a surrendered life. What could come of a man that surrenders his life fully to God? What can come of a young lady or a woman that was willing to do whatever God asks of them? See, God has been reminding me and ministering to me that in order for growth to happen, that there will be times of testing. See, testing is a choice. Because tests will pop up and we could either be the victim of a test or we could be a student of the test because growth is not accidental it's intentional we have to choose to want to grow through our circumstance or we can fall under the circumstance but tonight you got to know something God didn't call you to be under your circumstance he called you to be the head and not the tail he called you to be a victorious Christian I don't understand Christians that say I'm barely getting by the DNA of this church is not a Christian that barely gets by. 
See, the, 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 the spiritual parents that we have that founded this church, they taught us to pray. They taught us to believe God. They taught us to go the other direction when everyone else was going the opposite. They taught us to stand on the word of God. They taught us when we don't know what to do, stand on the word of God. And see, it's the word of God that will keep you fresh. It's the word of God that will take you and give you confirmation for whatever it is that you're supposed to do next. See, before growth can happen, there will be seasons of testing. And when you look at what that word test means, it simply means this. It's a critical examination, observation, or evaluation. It's a procedure intended to establish the quality, genuineness, or reliability of something. Catch this. Especially before it's taken into widespread use. And when we apply that to our lives, before God can take a man or woman to widespread use, he has to take them through some things to make sure that if he puts them in a position to operate for his glory, that they will stand when the storm comes. James chapter 1, 2, 4, many know it, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance see if we as a church learn to continually go through trials overcome them together persevere and allow perseverance to establish its work we will grow to be a mature thriving church that doesn't trip off the goosebumps come on somebody because goosebumps i've learned come and go but if we learn to submit to the process and we allow god to work out perseverance in our life we're going to make it somewhere and see, this is good news for somebody because you've been going through some things. Some, some have been going through some things and you're not sure what's going on. You're, you're asking, why in the world am I going through this? I've done everything you wanted. Who's ever been there? I've done everything you want me to do, God, but I'm still going through it. Well, there's good news for you. This is only a test. The only thing you're experiencing right now is the test of God. That means God told the enemy, it's okay, you can go ahead and test him. I've already tested and tried. I know he's going to pass, and he's going to come out like gold. See, you got to know that everything that you go through is not a result of something bad or something you did. Sometimes you go through things simply because God wants to put something inside of you. And the only time that we will truly value the lessons of God is when we press through. He's the one that brought us out, and it's his glory that comes from our hearts. You know, I'm inspired by this young man, Joseph, and when we look at the story, I want to look at the life of Joseph because he was a man that went through a lot of things. He was a young man that simply had a dream. And when you look at what the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 37, it tells us that God gave him a dream or a vision. And he had a vision. He knew he was called of God. And this young man, Joseph, was a part of a big family. But what he began to do was he began to go to all of his family members and say, did you know that one day I'm going to be basically, this is not exactly what the Bible says, but. He, he starts going around and saying, you know that one day I'm going to rule over you? And eventually his family had enough and his brothers sold him into slavery. Later on, he was accused of being a rapist. Later on, he was thrown into jail and forgotten. But see, what happened to Joseph was, although he was called, 
God threw them in a pit called process. And when you look at what the word process means, it's a particular course of action intended to accomplish a certain result. And the process of God is a series of actions, changes, and functions that will allow you to become the refined product. So God will take you through certain processes and even allow you to face some things that are unfair at times because he knows what he's called you to do. When you look at the word in the scriptures that we read, when it says that they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dream, it says the Lord tested Joseph's character. Now that word test, it comes from, a, from the word tzeraf. And what it means, it's to smelt or refine or to purge or to prove or to examine as gold. See, that word, it depicts the idea of a metalsmith that looks and examines precious metals under heat with the purpose of removing impurities. And when the Bible tells us that God allowed Joseph to be sold as a slave, to have his feet bruised with fetters, what God was basically saying, God was allowing him to go through some things to remove the impurities of his life. See, although he was called, he didn't quite have the character yet to fulfill the call of God upon his life. And character is not one of those things that you necessarily hear about all the time. We live in a very we live in a day and age where compromise is like is like it's, it's like all over the place. People choose the type of Christianity they want to live. But we need to be people that stay on the cutting edge. We need to be people that have a conviction in our heart. We can't do what the world does. We can't live like the world does. Because if we're going to be effective, if we're going to take cities, if we are going to go ahead and answer the call of God, we have to be God-fearing people that rely on his anointing, not on our gifts, not on our talents, but we rely on the word of God and the work that he's done within us because that's what will allow us to stand. See, character is simply our moral quality. Character is made up of our thoughts, intentions, desires, and even our actions. And one man said this, and I really liked it. I was reading and studying on this, and this is what he said. Character is the will to do what is right, even when it's hard. Character is about will because it requires a willingness to stand for what is right, even when it's contrary to what others do, think, or believe. You have to choose ahead of time what you won't do because if we wait for those things to surprise us and we're not ready and we're not fundamentally sound in our character we will fall this is why character is so important man when we were coming up i remember man we couldn't do all kinds of things come on somebody i mean my god oh you i mean we got rebuked for everything right i thank god for that leadership I thank God for the men that are still here. The men that say, I, I, they didn't just rebuke us, but they lived it out. Listen, young people, if we're going to fulfill the call of God upon our lives, we got to be people of character. And gang, I'm talking to you because, listen, there are cities with your name on it. Listen, listen, young lady, there is a man that God's going to raise up. You will be a pastor's wife, but you got to have the character to stand the test of time. Listen, young man, God has a city with your name on it, but you got to believe and be willing to endure every test that he puts you through. See, people with godly character are recognized and they submit to what's right. Listen to this. As right is defined by God. Godly people submit to God 
as right as defined. I say that because there are a lot of people that have all these philosophies. Well, it's okay. I mean, there's, Christianity has a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of people that like to live right here. They just like to live like, well, well it's not, it's, it's not, I'm not really doing bad. But if we don't understand gray area, what that means is conviction is weak in our life. Like I said, we live in a world full of compromise. Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we as God's people, we have to be different. We can't depend on our talents, but we got to depend on the anointing of God. And the anointing of God is produced in the secret when nobody's watching. When you read your word by yourself, when you pray in the morning, when you press in and you lift your hands, even if you don't feel like it. See, that's character. That's character because we stand on the word of God, which is truth. I know what it is to lift my hands when I don't feel like it. I know what it is to feel like it is to be forgotten. I know what it is to feel like the call of God is never going to happen. But thank God I know also what it is to press in, persevere, and God for one day to show up. See, strong Christian character is the result of our heart's desire to obey God. you got to want to obey God. We have to want to obey God. See, there are a few things I simply want to give you about character. The first thing you got to know about character is character is displayed in our ch- is displayed in our choices. What people do spontaneously or when no one is watching reveals the true nature of their character. People don't just do things. You ever, you ever had somebody do something that's kind of out of pocket? And you're like, see, that didn't just happen. That just means they slipped. Trust me, you know, right? <laughs> he caught me many times doing things I wasn't supposed to. Like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. I was just playing. I was just playing. I was acting. You weren't acting, brother. <laughs> Why you look so guilty? Come on, somebody. What we do habitually reflects what truly lies beneath the surface. And godly character does not just appear one day. It's not like one day we say, I'm going to be godly. Godliness is a process. We have to work out the things in our hearts that are not right. We have to live lives that examine who we really are. Willing to go to the altar of God and say, God, do I have pride? God, do I have self-righteousness? God, do I have silent pride? God, do I think I'm better than, God, do I judge? And when we allow God to do those things in our heart, we're able to make different choices that will display godliness. See, the second thing you got to know about character is we cannot rise above the limitations of our character. God has called us to do great things, but we have to understand that there is a certain level of character that we have to have in order to fulfill the call of God upon our lives. If our character is weak, we will always succumb to the ways of the world. We will always fall short. But the Bible documents a number of men and women who fell short, who looked good on the outside, but failed on the inside. Men like King Saul, Saul was chosen to be king. Saul was a tall, physically impressive man. He looked like a king, but he lacked the character to sustain his success. When you look at men like Samson, Samson was separated at birth to, 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 to be a deliverer of God's people. But because of compromise, because he thought he can dabble in sin, the Bible says that one day he went to use his anointing or his, the power of God, and he didn't even notice God left him. 
the type of spirits that we're dealing with today, the bondages in the cities that we're dealing with today, it's going to take the power of God. It's going to take the character of God. It's going to take the tenacity of God. The one that says I will not give up in spite of what I see. I'm going to continue to press on. But that only happens when we develop godly character. Because godly character is developed by reading his word. And the word builds faith. The word reminds us what's true even when our bodies or our physical minds tell us not. We're able to believe God. The third thing you got to know about character is character is forged in crisis. See, crisis doesn't necessarily make our character, but it will always reveal our character. Because when we go through things, that's when anxiety will creep in. That's when the bad will come out. That's where I lose my patience. Come on, somebody. I'm still, God's still working on me. Hello. I got, I got, I got a two and a five-year-old. And uh, you ever try to, I be, well, I got it. No, he's three. Three and a five-year-old. You know what it's like trying to get them up to go to daycare and get the other one to go to kindergarten? Come on, parents, where you at? Huh? Man, trying to get them, and I got to be at an appointment, right? Realizing that I'm scolding them not because they're not listening. It's because I have the lack of patience. Sometimes it's the lack of patience that will cause us to fail or to make wrong decisions. Crisis will always expose our true character. And in order to overcome the temptations of this world, we have to maintain character. Romans 5, 3, 5 says this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. It's good to understand that character is measured by our general tendencies. In other words, what we do naturally that's what, that's what will be measured when people look at us. And you got to know that, that if God's called you to lead, people will watch what we do. They will watch what we do. And wherever we stand, whatever benchmark we set, people that are just starting out, they'll always be a few steps behind. So if we're compromising already, then they're going to take compromising to a whole other level. See, every time we choose character over compromise, we develop integrity. Because integrity is only developed after your character has been tested. And Proverbs 10.9 tells us that he who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. We have to choose to be people of integrity. That's making a, 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 a decision beforehand. Come hell or high water, I'm going to stand. Come hell or high water, I, I'm going to keep pressing on. It doesn't matter who comes, who stays. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep standing for God. And, it, and, 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 and if my family doesn't come, it's all right. If I stand long enough, listen, I, I, I know what it's like to serve God in a house where, where half of the house doesn't serve God and half of the house does. But I've also known what it is to stand and see them all one by one come to the knowledge of God. I've seen my family get saved simply because we were willing to stand. And no matter what you go through right now, listen, I know it might seem tough, but you hang on for the ride and eventually your family members are going to come the ones who talked about us the ones who put us down they're going to ask hey what did you do can you pray for me hey listen there's something different about me can you teach me and then that's going to open the door to minister the gospel but it's character that will allow us to sustain the fight or the process 
See, integrity of character, it occurs when there is a consistency between our actions and inner convictions over time. Right? So it's developed when there is a consistency. In other words, tests sometimes will come more than once, and we got to pass them the right way maybe three times because that develops consistency. And then we develop the right muscles, spiritual muscles to respond because half of what we do is our response, right? How we respond to God will sometimes determine the anointing of God upon our lives. But we got to have inner convictions. We have to have the right principles embedded within us so that we can respond correctly. Integrity. Integrity. Standing on God's word. Believing God. Saying yes to whatever. You know, one of the things that I still can't believe we're pastoring a church. I really can't. I, I, I show up to church and I feel like like I'm just a guest speaker. It's, so, it's the weirdest thing in the world. But I'm learning that the more I say yes to God, the more he shows up. The more that the people that are coming to church see my willingness to step out, they're also willing to follow. And I say that because, listen, no matter what your position is in this church, the more that you say yes to every opportunity that presents itself, the more people will follow. Do you imagine? That's why this church is growing. That's why people are responding. There is an excitement felt here. Man, I, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go back. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to come back. I mean, I, man, I, I, look at, I look at what's happening here, and I just see the, the, the young people. And, and that's always been part of your DNA. <laughs> always. I mean, man, and, 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 and to, when people see that, that there's something different, that there is a true joy within us. See, integrity says, I will stay happy even when everything's falling apart. Integrity says, I know my God. I know that the God that put me in this child will pull me out soon enough. Integrity will allow us to smile even when everything's falling apart. And you got to know that there are going to be times where things fall apart. There's going to be times where you might be risen up and sat down. And one of the biggest, you know, one of the transition points in my walk with God, when I came from, when I went from Hayward to Seattle, here I was already the youth leader. I was a youth regional. I, I, God was doing a work in my life. I was speaking in the church, and, and I, I, God was doing a work. And when I went to Seattle, my wife now was a part of the church there. And, uh, uh, man, you can identify with this. My wife was sitting in the second row, and I was sitting in the eighth row. Come on, somebody. And that kind of did something to me. And for a whole year, I didn't do anything. And I had a dream to one day pastor. I had this thing inside of me that one day, man, I want to go. And then I remember thinking, I just got frustrated. I was like, man, the call of God, what's, what's God, what's going on? Where are you in all of this? And I'll never forget that I was at a, uh, I was at a beach and I went and I drove and I just wanted the call on my life, but I felt like I was spinning my wheels. And I remember asking God, God, what's going on? And I remember specifically God asking me this. Will you serve me? Will you worship me even if you never have a title again? You know, I love what, 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 what Brother Stephen says. Worship is because of who he is. And I remember there was a transition in my walk with God because I was all bitter. I was like, I'm not serving you. Come on, somebody who's ever been there. Can we be honest? Can we be real? 
right? I'm like, man, I got gifts. Put me to work. Put me in, coach. And it was like uh, I was just waiting for a year. My wife is going to all these leadership meetings, and I'm at home. Come on, somebody. Huh? And then I remember when I said yes to God, I said, you know what, God, I'll just do it. I started going to church. I started doing the chairs early in the morning. I started knocking on the pastor's door. Do you need me to do anything? Do you need me to clean the toilets? I'm not lying to you. I was like, what do you want me to do? I'll do what you want me to do. The parking lot, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything that will benefit the church. Anything that will present excellence. Anything that will bring glory to my God. Put me to work. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then I'll never forget, he looked at me and then he said, why don't you help in the parking lot? I said, all right, I'll do the parking lot. I'll do whatever you want. And then later on, he said, hey, will you do the ushers? I said, I, I said, all right. And then one day he said, will you teach a class? And I taught a class. And little by little, God started doing the work in my life. But I honestly believe it was because I said, yes, I will serve you with or without a title. If I never go out, I will serve you. And it seemed like the minute I made that decision in my heart, everything started happening. All of a sudden, promotions started coming. All of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, God started doing a work. There was a new anointing on my life. Why? Because I was really willing to worship God in spite of what he did for me and simply because of who he was. See, that's integrity. God, I'm going to do it just because. Growing up in elementary school, you probably remember learning about whole numbers, decimals, and fractions. And if you can think back far enough, you remember that in math class, our teachers taught us about integers or something called an integer. And an integer is simply a whole number as opposed to a fraction, which is only a part of a whole number. And when a teacher would teach about integers, what they would do is they would draw the classic pie chart and they would cut it into eight pieces and they'd ask the class, how many pieces are there? We would all say eight. But then they would take one piece out and they'd say, how many are left now? And then we would all yell seven eighths. And we would now determine that the integer was no longer whole, that it was fragmented and a fraction. See, that word integrity, it comes from the word integer, which is the word for a whole number. See, something that is integral is complete. Something that is integral is whole. This is why we can't compromise. This is why when God puts us through trials, we got to go through them with joy. Because the Bible says that if we endure or we allow the perseverance, it will build faith. It will build maturity. It will, it will complete our, listen, our character. God will do things within us if we're willing to submit to them. Because if our core is faulty, if our core is fragmented, the rest of our life will be out of balance. If there's one area in our heart that is not right, picture our heart in eight pieces. What if seven-eighths is sold out to God, but one-eighth is unforgiveness? What if there's six-eighths, but there's a part pride, and then there's another part offense, and we're not willing to let go of the offenses? Maybe somebody hurt us in the church. We can't, one day we're going to stand before the Lord and we're not going to be able to say, well, they did something to us. And I don't mean to sound harsh, but we're talking about the call of God upon your life. And I remember Pastor Eddie told me something years ago. I was hurt and I was like, but he hurt me. And I remember he looked at me dead in the eye. He said, you let no man stand in the way of your calling. 
And some of us, we got to let some things go. We got to come to the place where we say, God, I remember that you called me and I'm willing to give you the whole part of my heart and not just a fraction. I say this because integrity is the core of a person's character. Integrity is the real inner life and the secret place of a man or woman. Integrity is that place where nobody goes but you. Our thoughts, our minds, the things that we go through, the things we really think, that has to be whole. That has to be full of godly wisdom and thoughts. This is why we have to allow the testing of our faith. Because attitude makes a difference. The way we respond to the test makes a difference. If we respond bitter, we got to go through the test all over again. But if we say, God, I'm God, I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever you want. See, our goal should be to be integral Christians, to be people that say, yes, I will. James 1 7 says this, a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And as a Christian, if we live in compromise, we will be unstable. We will be ineffective. We will not be able to fulfill the, 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 the whole ministry. We won't be able to, to fulfill the whole call upon our lives. We will experience some glories, but we'll never truly be able to enter into the fullness of what God wants. But we have to be people that are grounded in the word of God. First Chronicles 29, 17 says this. I know, my God, that you test the hearts and are pleased with integrity. I want to give you five things that integrity does and we'll be closing. Are you with me? Integrity protects. Proverbs 2, 7 says this. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. See, when you walk in integrity, even when, 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 when things are thrown on you or if you're accused of anything, listen, there is a shield around your life. Anything you go through, there is a shield. Even when you're going through the trial, there is a shield. There is a shield. God has you. God's not going to let anything happen to you. Why? Because you chose integrity. You chose to walk in his ways. You said, come hell or high water. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say yes. Integrity protects us. Number two, integrity preserves. Psalms 25, 21, let integrity and, and uprightness preserve me for I wait on you. Integrity will allow us to stay the course. Even when we don't know what's going on. You know, I've learned many years ago when I'm confused and I don't know what to do, let the dust settle Go back to the basic, keep prayer in my life, keep the word in my life, stay around godly people to ensure that I don't make the wrong decision. And when that happens, eventually, God shows up. Thirdly, integrity guides us. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. See, integrity will guide us. It will guide us when we need to make the right decisions. It will push conviction to the forefront when we know we are entering into a zone that's not right. But when integrity is fragmented, conviction is gone. 
You ever been there where maybe you're like, man, how in the world do I not feel convicted, right? When we first get saved, I mean, my God, we, we hang around certain people and they're cussing. We're like, I can't be around that. Oh, my God, my ears. <laughs> but after you've gone through some things, it's like, that's just how people talk. No, that's just not how people talk. We don't have to, we don't have to just sit there and listen to it. We can walk away. I'm not saying you got to be a Christian and be like, can you not talk like that? Dropping all our fruits. But what I'm saying is showing slight disapproval. Right? Men do that. Men do that. They come and they just start cussing. They think that's a cool thing. And I'll just say something that shows that I don't necessarily agree with it. And they stop. That's integrity. But we got to do it with tactfulness. I mean, we can't just be like, can you not talk like that? Because eventually we want them to come to church. Number four. And this is where we'll close. And this is why we talked about this tonight. You have to know that integrity will promote you. Integrity will promote you. When you've gone through things that are not fair, when you've gone through things that are not right, when you've gone through things that maybe you were didn't have control over, if you bind yourself to the integrity of God, he will come through. Let me explain. 1 Kings 9, 4, and 5. Now, if you walk before me as your father, David walked in integrity of heart, and in the uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised David, your father. See, the condition said, if you walk in integrity of heart and uprightness, the promise of God, the promise of his father would come upon him. We go back to the life of Joseph. Joseph was a man that went through a roller coaster. He had a dream. He all he wanted to do was right. Maybe, maybe he he was he was uh, immature. Maybe he was a young man that needed some coaching. You know, whenever you see men like that in the church, or young men, or, or, or women, or just whatever, and sometimes it's like, man, they're they're prideful. They're trying to get somewhere. What we need to do is we need to grab those young men and coach them. We need to speak to them. I, th I was one of those young men. I thank God for your pastor because he taught me. He put borders around me. He taught me how I wasn't supposed to talk. He taught me the right way of doing things. He taught me the lessons that maybe made me feel uncomfortable. And I was like, hold on. You don't know me. <laughs> but thank God for men like that. And that's how Joseph was. Joseph just had a dream. No one knew how to deal with him. But he went about it the wrong way, maybe in pride or in arrogance. But because he said yes to God and he submitted to every process, thrown in the pit, sold, went to jail, dealt with unfairly, accused of rape. Because he continued to answer the call of God, this is what eventually happened. Genesis 41, 14 tells us this. One day he was in the pit and the next day he was in the palace. The Bible says, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. And when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one could interpret it. But I have heard it said that you can interpret dreams. Listen to Joseph's response. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. See, the young Joseph would have said, I, I got this. The young one would have said, yeah, yeah I can interpret your dream. Put me in, coach. But this Joseph 
He said, I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. After the work had been done in his life, he finally responded correctly. See, little did Joseph know that everything he had gone through, sold to slavery, the pit, accusation, forgotten, was all leading up to this one point, his calling. See, in order for Joseph to succeed, God needed him to have character and integrity because of the position he would later on have. First Chronicles 29, 17, you test the hearts of and are pleased with integrity. Listen to this, Joseph 41, 39, 43. It says that Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of the palace and all of my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater to you. See, God had a plan for Joseph. And that plan was to administer a kingdom, but it was for God's glory. Had he not submitted to the process, I don't know that he would have been able to answer the call of God. And I don't know what that looks like for your life. But maybe one day God's going to raise you up to either be a pastor and you're going to have to come to the process because there is going to be integrity, not only with finances, but with people's lives, with their souls. Maybe God's called you to be a business owner in order for you to be a successful business owner. You, we cannot go according to the ways of the world if we're going to be successful, because the Bible says planning and hard work equals prosperity, but hasty shortcut leads to poverty. And we need to be people that have the principles of God embedded in our, why not us? Why couldn't God raise you up to be a business owner? Why couldn't the people of God be the head and not the tail? That is, God never called us to struggle. God didn't want us to be begging. God didn't want us to be in struggle. He said he, we, would, we would lend to many and never need to borrow. When you look at the second part of our scriptures, and I'll close with this. When you look at our scriptures, the first part says, I will go before you. I will level the mountains. I will make the crooked places straight. It was about God doing everything. When you look at what God has done for our ministry, but listen, the day that we live in today, it's the second part. Enlarge the place of your territory. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Lengthen your cords. Do not strengthen your stake. That means now the responsibility was shifted over to us. It's our responsibility now to step out. Why? Because there's a maturity. We know what God can do. And because he's already showed us, we're willing to do great things for him. See, after Joseph was tried, after he was tested, he now had what it took to fulfill the call of God upon his life. Listen, I don't know where you're at tonight. But I just sense that God wants to break some things open. There are some you're at a crossroad in your walk with God right now. And you got to know this. When you're tested, the testings of God will always lead to a crossroad of character or compromise. But you have to stay the course. And you got to know that there is a plan of God for your life. If you're willing to submit, God will do great things for not only you, but for your family. And tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed. This evening, I'm not sure where you're at. 
maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know, I want to fulfill the call of God upon my life. I sense God calling me. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I've been doing everything right. I've been doing everything right, but nothing seems to be going my way. Maybe you're waiting. Maybe at one time you were all in, but for whatever circumstances, maybe you've pulled back. Tonight I simply came to tell you that the call of God still stands. But we have to be willing to submit to the process all over again. God's doing a new thing. New ministries, new visions are going to arise. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight and you say, I, I you say, you know, I, I know God's called me and I need God to work on my character. I really do. I, I, I want to be a person of integrity. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, as we stand tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to quickly lift your hand and put it down. God bless you. 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 Maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know, I I, I have to repent for some things and I'm will I'm ready to give God my all. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, lift your hand and quickly put it down. God bless you. 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 Hands are going up. God bless you. Tonight, if you've lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to make one more step. I'm going to ask you to make your way to these altars. And just begin to lift your hands. Let God finish what he started within you. Lift your hands. Just lift your hands. I just want to move your 